With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Brian Urlacher will join us in studio. Dan Orlovsky from the Mothership will stop by as well. Your contributions in a variety of ways, you can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler standing by, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Make sure you keep an eye out on the Dan Patrick Show store because we have uh, the Crappensburg State baseball T-shirts, the uh, Double Deuce which is the bar on campus at Crappensburg State. And uh, you can pick up all of those items at danpatrick.com. A couple others up there, too. Also, the tailgate moonshine. We have your moonshine for the fall. And probably next week, we'll let you know, make sure you signed up for the newsletter. If you're signed up for the newsletter, you'll hear about it before anybody else. Stat of the day is always brought to you by the great folks at Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. It'll be the Astros and the Twins coming up tonight, and the Orioles and the Rangers, the Braves over the Phillies in dramatic fashion, and the Diamondbacks up two games to none on the Dodgers. Keep in mind, it's a best-of-five series. Yes. The Braves' win over the Phillies was huge because if the Braves go down 0-2, losing at home, now you go to Philadelphia with that atmosphere. And you could say goodbye to the Braves, but they had a uh, double play to end the game. The, uh, of course, 8-5-3 double play that you've come to expect so often. And the Dodgers can't get starting pitching, and you can't get good hitting. You can't get any hitting. And here are the Diamondbacks who won 84 games. They don't know any better. They're like, I don't know. You guys are really good. You guys spent a lot of money. Uh but it's the teams that scrape and scrap to get into the postseason that always make me nervous. Raiders hold off the Packers. That was not pretty at all for either team. Both teams now 2-3. and 877-3DP-SHOW. We'll get to phone calls coming up. Poll question, play of the day, stat of the day, all of that forthcoming. I watched some basketball last night. We'll talk about that. The future of the NBA, where every 
seven foot four player is shooting threes and got a good handle because it felt like that last night with Chet Holmgren versus Victor Wembayama. Seaton, what kind of pull? Oh, let me get the NFL news. The Vikings have placed Justin Jefferson on the injured reserve list, hamstring injury, suffered that in the loss to Kansas City. There is no timeline for him to come back. Now, I'm curious about the Vikings as they move forward. We talked about this before the season started, and we said the one player who could change everything for a team if he got hurt. Now, we were talking, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and some of the, we were looking at non-quarterback, and we said Justin Jefferson, because this is a team that was really good last year, at least really good in close games. I didn't think they were a good team. And then you have Kirk D. Cousins. Is he going to be available? Does anybody want Kirk Cousins? And Justin Jefferson, if he got hurt, what would that mean for this team? Well, he's hurt, and now we have to bring up that conversation because Minnesota is one in four. Three of their next four are on the road. The only home game is with the Niners. Yikes! They do have the Bears coming up. The much-improved Bears. (laughs) Only one way to go. Yeah, much-improved. And here you are. What do you do as you move forward? The trade deadline at the end of the month. If they have, if they're two and seven, two and six, then what are you doing? It's over. And then can you have a tag sale? Do you want to pick up uh, Kirk Cousins? You don't want to lose Justin Jefferson. You can make the argument that's the best receiver in the game. But as far as Kirk D. Cousins, would somebody want to pick him up? And I was wondering about this last night with the Raiders. Now, the Raiders got the win. I don't know if everybody's comfortable moving forward there because Devontae Adams doesn't sound like he's thrilled to be a Raider. Enough, yes. Yeah, more than I would like. But, I mean, that's, that's what every team does. So it doesn't make an excuse. We still got to find a way to give me the ball. I mean, like I said many times, if, if we're going off of just getting the ball in single covers, I'll have 22 catches on the year. So we got to find a way either way. Okay. It's not like he had an agenda. He was asked about this. But, you know, they're, were they covering you differently? Every receiver thinks they're open. Everyone. But he had one target in the first half. So if you're going to have an offensive-minded head coach, Jimmy G, I got to get the ball to Devontae Adams. That seems like all else fails. Even if you're double-covered. I'd, I'd still feel better throwing in Devontae Adams' direction. Now, I did wonder about this last night as I'm watching the game. Is Devontae Adams, does he want to stay with the Raiders? You're not going to win the division. You're not going to make the playoffs. And where do you stand even in your own division? I mean, Denver might eventually get it right. Chargers might eventually get it right. Kansas City has gotten it right. Do you have your quarterback of the future? And the answer is no. Do you have your coach of the future? And the answer is no. If you're Devontae Adams, do you say, how about you reunite me with Derek Carr in New Orleans? How about that? And the Saints are in a winnable division, three and two. Now, maybe this is jumping the gun a little bit, maybe a recency bias, but and I'm guilty of that after watching last night. Thinking he's a great receiver, but You're not treating him like he's a great receiver. It's like Jamar Chase said, I'm always open. And then he was always open this past weekend. He looked great. 
Uh, Stefan Diggs, same way. Give me the ball. I'm always open. Well, do that's where you have to come up with a game plan that puts the ball in your best player's hands. And if you have one target for Devontae Adams, he had four targets on the game. By the way, four targets, four catches. I'm going to guess if you're looking at who did their job, Devontae Adams did his job. But And then you look at the Packers situation. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. They had a pretty good month, and now in, into October, and you're going to have these struggles. Jordan Love throws three interceptions. You're going to have games like that. Every quarterback has had games like that, even great quarterbacks. And I don't know where Jordan Love is. I, I do like him. I think they know what they have. I think that moving forward, he's going to be their quarterback. I'm just not sure uh, what to expect from uh, the team this year. Because I thought, all right, Detroit is the class of the division. I didn't like the Bears, and I didn't like the Vikings. Can you hang around and get nine or ten wins? Can you sneak in? And that's what I wondered. Here's Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, talking about those three interceptions. I think any time when you have three turnovers, it's tough to overcome that. And we got to do a better job, I think, uh, a couple of those plays, the one bang bang play that, where Jordan tried to throw the ball to Christian, it's just one of those plays that happens. And then uh, he was trying to give him a chance at the end of the game there. Yep. You try to force it. Younger quarterbacks trying to force it. Is it there? If it's not there, check it down. Throw it away. Something. Just don't give it away. This first hour brought to you by Discover, Discover Cashback Debit. It's a checking account that rewards everyone with cash back on everyday purchases. No fees, period. Check out eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All righty, Satan, what do we have? Poll question to start off this Tuesday morning. It's a timely one Paulie just sent over. NFL trade that should happen. Should happen. NFL trade that should happen. Okay. Uh, Raiders trading Devontae Adams. Okay. Uh, Vikings trading Kirk Cousins. Ooh. Okay. The Cardinals trading Kyler Murray. Ooh. Some of these seem more difficult than others. You're not kidding. That yeah. last one. Yeah. Uh, how about other dot, dot, dot? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, Paul. I have one other, and this is a little more niche, but football people know him. Brian Burns, the edge rusher for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. The last thing, he's a great player. He's in his prime. He's 25. They're going nowhere in the near future. They don't have their number one draft pick and they have nothing to protect uh, their rookie quarterback with, he might be a guy you trade and say, like, we love having this guy, but he's going to be very expensive soon, and we can maybe get a lineman next year. Yeah, it's tricky because when you talk about trading somebody, salary cap implications, how much money are they owed, uh, signing bonuses. I mean, you have to throw in all of this stuff. It's not, uh, uh, you know, it's not as transactional as, hey, we'll give you this for that, and that's it. After this year, Kirk Cousin doesn't have a contract. What's he cost this year? Because you have to fit him into the salary cap this year. I don't think he's expensive, is he, Paulie? No, he got most of his money in the first two-thirds of his contract. This year, he's going to make about uh, $22 million. Okay. And most of it's been paid already. Bargain. Yeah, you could probably get him for the, like, let's say you got him for the last 10 games, you probably owe him uh, $6 million bucks. Okay, but who wants Kirk Cousins? The Jets? J-E-T-S. No, I, I don't think they want that. 
Jets. I think you've got to find out what you have with Zach Wilson. What about the Patriots? And then you sign him in the offseason, and you have a threatening quarterback. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you have. A, I think you said veteran quarterback. <laughs> oh, did you say threatening quarterback? Because it's going to be awesome when he goes to New England with no wide receivers to throw yes, to rather than I, I, the, best I can't, the best one. I can't do that to Kirk Cousins. Uh, like, I can't. Too mean. No, that's way too mean. Yeah, what do you do to deserve that? Yeah. I mean, he drives a minivan. He seems very sensible. Some nice, you know, plaid short sleeve shirts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any other poll questions that we're looking at? Yeah, we got a bunch. Dan. Okay. You kidding me? All right. You kidding me? Okay. Uh, this is a leftover from yesterday, actually. Uh, but if you could start your team with one NFC quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, other. I whipped that up yesterday to. Oh, my God. Throw a little sauce in the fire. Man, I don't know what this is. It feels like there's this overreaction to Brock Purdy. And then there's an overreaction to Brock Purdy to maybe it's going to settle somewhere in between. Because here's the comparisons I heard yesterday. Now, keep in mind, I was leading the charge saying people need to recognize him as an MVP candidate. I mean, history has shown if you're on one of the top two seeds in your conference, chances are you're going to be one of the whole, or, uh, one of the MVP finalists. You just are. That's what's happened. Quarterbacks win this award. And if he's the best quarterback, you know, in his in the NFC, uh, or one of the best, so it's going to be Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy vying for the MVP, at least with NFC candidates. And then AFC, you still have Patrick Mahomes in there. I still like Lamar Jackson as a dark horse. But so it went from nobody is giving him respect to now all of a sudden he's Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Yes. And I went, hold on here. Seton's the only one who thought that he could be Joe Montana and Tom Brady. Let's go. Yes, back Let's in go. college. Yeah. Okay. 18-year-old Brock Purdy. Rex Ryan was talking about this. So Rex has been around football a long, long time. Defensive-minded quarter, uh, you know, coach. And he's looking at him like he's Tom Brady. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss, who coached under Belichick with Brady, talked about Tom Brady, Joe Montana. Well, he would be more like Joe Montana because Joe had some athleticism there. But whew, let's slow down. Let's bring it back just a little bit here. Yeah, Seaton. Nobody would be comparing him to Joe Montana if he didn't play for the 49ers. That's the only reason he's getting that comparison. Okay, but why is he getting the Tom Brady comparison? Because he was drafted late. <laughs> exactly. And if he wasn't drafted late, he wouldn't be getting those comparisons. Those those are as deep as those comparisons go. They are purely surface level. The first line in the Wikipedia is like, oh, yeah, 49ers. Of course, it's Joe Montana. Are you kidding me? Look at this guy. Yeah. Oh, wait, he was drafted late? Yeah, it's, this is the next Tom Brady. Of course he is. Yeah. That's, a, that's as deep as those comparisons go. like, wow, we went from A to Z quickly here. And then we're going to come back a little bit. Um, and also, but I do think, let's say that you had some other quarterback on the 49ers. Um, throw out somebody that has some recognition. What if Kirk Cousins was on the 49ers? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about somebody who's a young, talented, you know, first-round quarterback. Yeah, yes, Marvin? Mac Jones. No, I'm talking about a good quarterback. Somebody who's, <laughs> wow. somebody who's established here. Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence is on the 49ers, are they going, yeah, he's good, but he's only as good as his weapons. Brock Purdy seems to be only as good as his weapons. 
But if I put another quarterback in there, I think we would probably view the situation different. It's like, man, he came out of nowhere. Here's another thing. How is it that nobody saw this from Brock Purdy? All of these brilliant, defensive-minded people, guys who've been in the game, played the game, coached in the game, and nobody saw the, he's got composure. You know, he's got uh, some athleticism there. You know, he throws his receivers open. All the scouting that's done. This is the last, every team passed on him seven times. I mean, come on. We spend so much time talking about analyzing who's going to be projecting, uh, scouting combine, all of this stuff. Brock Purdy's right there. Right there. Nobody saw it. Why? Yeah, Mark. Are we overanalyzing every single detail of these quarterbacks that we're looking at? And we're looking at physical tools like Anthony Richardson. Like, look at him. He's got all the physical tools. And not Brock Purdy, who's just playing and he's balling out at Iowa State. I think that factors in. We like a shiny object. There's nothing shiny about Brock Purdy. But he wins. Every game he's played at least three quarters, he's undefeated in the NFL. He's 13, you know. Woo! Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Yes, Seaton. I don't think anybody really has any idea who's going to work and who's not. Well, Honestly, like I know people study tape. I know they do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a crapshoot. And you really just don't know who's going to be able to make the jump to the next level or not. It's, it's, it's more of a guessing game, I think, than people want to say. Okay, but now you're, we're talking about his traits, okay? He's cool under fire. He's got composure. You know, he's got athleticism. He's uh, great on target. All He had one missed throw, uh, and it was to Ayuk the uh, other night. So he's been doing this, so he's right there in front of us. But nobody saw this because he would have gone undrafted. Everybody would have passed on Brock Purdy. How many teams would want Brock Purdy as their quarterback right now? Well, do I get the weapons around him? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would want the weapons around him. But why, like, Dre Greenlaw uh, Monday night or, or the other night looked like the second coming of Lawrence Taylor. Why did he go in the fifth round? You know what I mean? Like, people, you have no idea. He's not even having to make decisions like who to throw the ball to. He just has to go tackle people. Nobody saw him coming. That dude looks awesome. Yeah, he's got a high motor. He had a hell of a game yeah, for himself. he did. Whoa, how'd everybody miss on him? I don't know. The second coming of Lawrence Taylor, Micah Parsons, though, maybe he was occupying uh, everybody else. Greg Greenlaw looks like the next Micah Parsons. <laughs> I mean, how do we miss on that guy? Yes, Paulie. I went back and looked at uh, Brock Purdy's NFL draft profiles. They're not great. It's very spotty. He's a scrappy runner, not dynamic enough to make up for his shortcomings as a passer, not big arm strength, uh, not super in the pocket under pressure. There's very little complimentary stuff. I went through like four different websites. No one saw it. Like there's not a website that's saying this guy's a gem. You know, he's like a movie. He's like any given Sunday. Everyone overlooks him and then you find him out of nowhere. Yeah. But you have these traits that you want in a quarterback, don't you? Well, he's accurate. He's cool under pressure. He throws receivers open. The two things I don't think you could ever find out is if someone clutch, I don't know how you find that out. I guess maybe watching college tape. Or what's their work ethic after they get paid? 
or after they get to the league. Mm. I don't know how you find that out. First one in, last one to leave. Brock hasn't been paid yet, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I know. And can we stop with this damn he's got a roommate? He makes $800,000. It's not like he's making $2.35 an hour, like I did, and I had a roommate. Like, oh, my God, he's got a roommate. It's okay. because of his, his salary, his Mr. Irrelevant salary. He's, he only makes $870,000 a year. Yeah, only. Yes, Marv. But you have to factor in taxes. Well, oh, actually, yeah. I can't wait to some. Bay Area is expensive. California oh, taxes. Bay Area. Oh. Yeah, Bay Area. All right. Housing. All right, let's take a break. Just getting started. We're all fired up here. Uh, Brian Erlocker will join us in studio coming up a little bit later on. Dan Orlovsky will stop by as well. Take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Brian Urlacher, the uh, Hall of Famer, was with the Bears for 13 seasons, former Defensive Player of the Year, joining us on behalf of Ludex, the fastest and most accurate sports and trading card scanner app. You take a picture, identify, get the card's value instantly, and you can download it for free. You spell it L-U-D-E-X. Great to see you again. We talked about this, I don't know if it was last year, trying to figure out what you have in your attic. You know, when mom says, I'm going to throw those out, know they're valuable. Now we have an opportunity to figure out how valuable. Your show is the reason why they did the app. They heard on your show, so they made the app up. 
Seriously. Kidding. No. They <laughs> they heard someone. What? I think, was it Frisky talking about it on your show one day? No, no, no. Uh, it some, had to be somebody intelligent. So it was ah. you then. Definitely you then. Yeah. So I guess they heard you talking about it, and they were in the process of coming up with the app, and then you oh. guys talked about oh, it. Oh, did you yeah. hear that, Paulie? They were in the process of yeah, coming up with the app. They didn't steal your idea. We could share, Bri. Yeah. We could share? Perfect. You we wouldn't be on. the first to steal something from oh, this Oh, I'm sure. Show, but... All of your viewers? Yes. Yes. You have our blessing there. Thank you. Um, when's the last time you hit somebody? That guy right there. Paulie? Paulie. That, I mean. That's a while ago at the 2018, right? Was that in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I mean, I don't. I pulled my hamstring playing softball about seven years ago. <laughs> That's the last time I ran, and I wasn't full speed. Uh, now I just ride my bike. That's it. Yeah, but do you miss that contact? I don't miss contact. No, hell no. I mean, gosh, you, I mean, well, the game's different now. There's not as much contact as there was back when I played, but um, I don't miss getting hit. Now, I, my son plays high school football, so I get a chance to watch him play and See how he feels after a game, so I'm good. Yeah, but I would think you would just want that feeling of hitting somebody. Not being hit, but hitting somebody. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, I actually don't think about it like that because there's repercussions to both sides of it. You know, if you're hitting someone, you're still going to take a little bit of the brunt. But, yeah, I don't miss it at all, Dan. I don't, I don't, um, I don't cover nothing. What happened to football? Safe. You know, I, I mean, the rules had to change, right? They want players. Well, they get they want the quarterbacks to play longer. They want the receivers to play longer. Running backs they don't care about. Uh, defensive players they don't care about. But they want the QBs and receivers to play longer, right? Okay, but and score points. Was it? Yeah. More importantly, <laughs> was it starting to change while you were still playing? Did you get a sense that they were starting to protect the quarterback even more so? You know, I, I think it's always it's been evolving since my since I came into the league in two thousand. Um, but yeah, I mean they got to protect them. You know that's where all the money's spent. That's where the, the fans want to see points scored, as you as you said earlier. But yeah, I don't I don't know, man. I, it's just it's been evolving over the last fifteen twenty years, and now it's just it's, it is what it is now. I can't stand it when the guys get thrown to the quarterback from an offensive lineman. They call roughing the passer for a guy hitting him in the knee, but he got thrown to the quarterback. How would you have to change your game if you played now? I don't think I would. You know, maybe maybe some some uh, launch angles. You know, when you want to go up to, to hit a guy, but those things can't, you can't change in a split second. You know, so those are going to happen, and they still happen. But I don't think my game would would have to change much at all. Would you be a linebacker or an edge rusher? I can't rush the edge. I'd be a linebacker. I don't like dealing with offensive tackles. Those guys are really big. So Micah Parsons, I heard you talking earlier. Um, Bosa, those guys are definitely edge rushers. Micah can do anything. He, he could probably play safety, but. Um, now they're interchangeable. They just get up there and, and beat up the linemen. But uh, Ray Lewis wouldn't be an edge rusher. No, Ray, Ray was a middle linebacker for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, my body type's different than Ray's, right? Mine's six. I could body type wise, I could probably play defensive end or, or edge rusher. But I, those guys are just different, like mentally. I don't think I have that mentality. Who would you like to face now, quarterback wise? Oh, here we go. Um, let's see. Are you are you trying to make like someone look good, like? Guys that we could actually have success against? Yeah. Like, oh. who who would you look forward to facing? And then oh, maybe well it's a different answer. Of, that's kind of a setup, though, because then you're going to say someone's not playing very well. Okay, well, you might. All right, Mac Jones. You'd like to play <laughs> Mac Jones? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I like Mac, but he's having a tough year. Okay, but what would you do with somebody like that who doesn't have great weapons? And yeah. so Honestly, how do you make him yeah, play into well, your we would, hands? We would make them throw the football. Um, but. All we ran was cover two, no matter what. The Lovey put us in a seven-man front. Our defensive line controlled the line of scrimmage, and we just run to the football. But pass-wise, I mean, it'd be hard to not play man, I think, versus them because we think our DBs are better than their receivers. How would you do against Mahomes? Ooh, he's good. Um, that, that, well, we'd run, we'd run cover two. You know, you got Kelsey in there as well. We would run cover two I'd probably 75 80% of the time against them. We wouldn't we want to be manned up because 
and he's going to create separation for his receivers. But but are you are tough. you responsible for Kelsey? Certain plays I would be. Yeah, we're in cover two. There's a lot of times I would be, but it's never a man situation unless he's going down the middle. Then I'd be locked up on him. But uh, for the most part, we'd be just play cover two. That's why we're so good because we can play cover two in every situation. Best tight end you ever faced? Ever faced? Probably Tony Tony Gonzalez. What was about him that made him? He could. He was big. He could run. He could catch. Um, he was physical. Uh, you know, also as good as uh, Antonio Gates was really good as well there in San Diego. Uh, big guy, big guy, yeah, basketball player playing football. He was he was solid. They're, they're all good though. You know, everyone. You get, there's a reason they're in the NFL. They're really good football players. Is there a, a a tackle that you missed going after a quarterback that you think about? Not no, not the Brady one. <laughs> oh, the, okay, the, another one. Uh, well, well, that was embarrassing. Well, look. Brady doesn't get the do for how fast he is. Y'all, people don't understand. He's I, not fast. I, I, I put him like Vic, Lamar Jackson. Like he's in that he's in, he's in that category. People don't understand. Now that's the one because I'll tell you why that one pisses me off because it was it was third and five and they were or maybe third and six and they were in the red zone and they got the first down. They scored a touchdown a couple of plays later. So that's the one that hurt me because if I tackle them it's either fourth and five or whatever and they're probably kicking a field goal, we lose the game seventeen thirteen. Boom, there you go. Yeah, thanks for bringing it in. No, I'm just, uh, every I, time I come on your show, I, you got these great little stats for me, your I, little facts. I, I appreciate just, it. Brady has no mobility. I, I disagree. He has no moves. Oh, he had some moves that's that his, day. He had his, some moves that day. That's his career highlight run. Good job. I mean, I mean, Brady's. We're on the same draft class, you know. It's nice. Like, uh, I don't think he needs my help being on, on any highlight films, but yeah, uh, it was a good run, man. I missed a tackle. But is there one that you were going in for a sack that you think about? Oh, I don't know. I mean, sacks are like bonuses, right? You're supposed, you know, you're supposed to make the play, but um, I'm sure there's plenty I missed. But there's really, no, I don't. Do you have one in mind? Is that no, 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 oh, no. Usually, you have something you're gonna show. No, 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 no. I was like, hey, what about this one though? Um, no, I uh, not off the top of my head, I can't think of any that I missed sack wise. Uh, I know I missed one in the playoffs versus Jake Delome, but Wale got him, so it didn't matter. Um, the ones that make me mad, are the ones that cost our team. Like that one was third and five. Like I said, he got the first down. They ended up scoring a touchdown. But um, there's plenty of times I missed tackles and got ran over, though, if you want to bring those up, too. You want to talk about some of those? I'm not going to bring up Jerome Bettis. Oh, what about Brandon Jacobs? <laughs> and Brandon Jacob, Jacobs just trucked me in the preseason one year. Uh, there's, sure, there's other times, too. I've been ran over. I, I got ran over in eighth grade really bad on a punt return. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we have highlights of that. that <laughs> Brandon Jacobs. Oh, man. When we saw him in person, mm-hmm. and I go, he looked like he could have been O.C. Umiura or Michael Strahan. He a, might have been bigger than Michael Strahan. That's a big man right there. He had to be 265 or 270 running however fast he ran, and I tried to hit him full speed <laughs> in the chest coming sideways, and it didn't work out good for me. Uh, Brian Urlacher joining us uh, in studio, joining us on behalf of the fastest and most accurate sports and trading card scanner app. It's called Ludex. 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 I say Lude sometimes through those. Lude sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, go, Not it's, Lud. It's Ludex. No. It's Lou. <laughs> I like that, too. Ludex. L-U-D-E-X. Take a picture, identify, get card values instantly download for free. If the Bears have the number one pick, they should. Oh, man. Uh, it's kind of early to tell, but, I mean, it'd be hard to pass up on. Well, they just traded last year, right? They may have the number one and two pick from what I hear. Yeah. And things keep progressing the way they are, or I guess regressing the way they are. Um, I think you got to take Caleb Williams. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, he, the way he's played so far, his numbers, his athletic ability, the way he throws the football. Uh, but it depends on how they value Justin as well. You know, he's, the last couple of games, it looks a little different. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Right. Are you, different. Are you? Have you changed your opinion? <clears throat> well, he has a great receiver in DJ Moore. Yeah. And they're, they're getting him the football. I thought he could have had four or five touchdowns last week. Okay. DJ. Yeah. He was playing against a high school kid. Did you see what he was doing to that corner? <laughs> I mean, that way he wasn't. I'm just saying DJ's a man. Uh, Would you check and see if that DB yeah. was, was a high school he, kid? Was he uh, legal? Yeah. Was he over 18? Yeah. I mean, he was just saying DJ was is a man. You know, he he was having his way with that guy. But, yeah, I mean, but then you can, I'm sure there's some linemen out there as well. If they have the, the, those two top two or uh, three picks or whatever, you got to well, get Well, Marvin Harrison, the Ohio State awesome. wide receiver. You got DJ Moore, though. You got a guy. You got a number no, one. No, you can yeah. never have enough receivers. True. Very true. They got him. Um yeah, I would, I would, but you got to go. I think D line, even if there's a pass rusher right there as well. I don't know. I hey. like what Houston did last year, by the way, taking CJ Stroud and, and Anderson. Yeah, that was awesome. They're both playing great this year as well. Is there any bad blood left over with anybody you played against? That if you Ooh. saw somebody, no, I don't think so. I, mean, I didn't really have bad blood when I played with guys either. You know, you you don't you're, you're mad. You're not mad, but when you're playing, you're competing, and then when you see them, you, you know, you see all these guys when they see each other. They're all buddy buddies, so it's the same way, I guess. You're, you're friends with them. Uh, it's good to see him again. I just I was just at a signing in Chicago last week, and I saw all the o- older guys than me: Marcus Allen, Charles Haley. Uh, just um, well, there's a bunch of old bears there. Richard Dent was there. Just nice to see. They're a little bit older than me, but it's nice to see those guys and, and kind of just listen to them talk and tell stories. Charles Haley is hilarious. He is crazy and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has some good stories, and he'll tell you all about them too. <laughs> He's great. I mean, he, he got me cornered for a little bit. I saw Zach Thomas about Zach's my guy. Zach got in the hall this year. Yep. Finally. Finally. Um, he's still not very tall, but he got in. He got in. <laughs> he deserved it. That's one guy that I was pushing for, for for a lot of years, so I'm glad he got in. Why is it we're not paying the linebacker? Feels like the line, linebacker and running back. Running Well, they're paying linebackers more than they are running backs. I feel like they are. Um, but these you had to have a middle linebacker and a running back. Back in the day, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I, I don't know why they're devaluing running backs. I understand because there's a lot of guys that are good at running back, but McCaffrey's making a lot of money and he's earning it. Um, it's just the game's changing, right? They, well, now the running game is these little flare screens or little pop passes they throw. Um, they'll find a way to get three or four yards on first or sec- second down and get it in third and short. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, at this age, trying to come back from that injury. He'll do it. He's awesome. I mean, in, in my opinion, it, it was Mahomes and him as the two, two of the best three quarterbacks in the NFL uh, last year. Pretty much any, any year Aaron's healthy, he's one of the best, in my opinion. But he'll come back. You know, I think now he's more determined with the way the season went for him and all the hype that was surrounding the Jets. And look at that defense. They're not, I don't think they're going to regress anytime soon. They're good. You know, I would want to play quarterback for that team. But, you know, people talk about Mahomes, and I say Rodgers was Mahomes before Mahomes, in my opinion. Agreed. I mean, you look at the way, the way he maneuvers in the pocket. You know, he moves, he doesn't really maneuver in the pocket to run. He moves up and down to get separation for his receivers and kind of change rush angles for the D linemen. But, his accuracy is unbelievable. He doesn't make the, the crazy plays that Mahomes makes, you know, the running around and throwing behind his back or whatever he does. But accuracy-wise, Aaron's he's got to be top two or three of all time, I would think. But what's it like to be a defensive player when the guy across from you knows what you're going to do? Yeah. Hopefully we make a play. You know, because you know, they're all the same. All the quarterbacks, know, most of them, I'm sorry, know what defense you're in before they snap the ball. And Aaron was the best. And he would undress our defense, do all the dummy calls, the leg snap thing, the fake leg thing, and all this. And then all of a sudden, the ball's not snapped, and you're you're showing your hand in defense. We were lucky enough on defense where we could change our call as well. When we saw Aaron change, we could change as well. We had Most most of our guys were pretty smart, so we could be on the same page. But they know what you're doing. You know, they're smart, so hopefully you make a play on defense and, and get off the field. But you're so close to that player, and you might not even get your hand on Aaron Rodgers. So you're just staring at him. Yep. You can, did you say anything? 
No, well, we had we had some dummy calls. I won't repeat them on your show. But we had a lot of good dummy calls that we would thought fake him out, you know, because we they know our checks. They know we play them twice a year, so he knew exactly. No, why we can't you say them? Well, they're not very nice words. Some of them aren't nice words. Oh, yeah. So oh. you'd yell out these words. These words that were some of them were some of them were dummies, and some of them were actual checks. And we had to Aaron had to figure out which was which, you know. But did Rogers know what you were doing? You know, yeah, you know they all know. You know, it's it's, it's uh, when our defense was simple. You know, it was either cover two man or his own blitz. It wasn't that, it wasn't that hard to figure out. We just uh, we had good players. When you talk about Bears linebackers, obviously uh, with yourself and Mike Singletary and the passing of Dick Dick Butkus, yeah, that hurt. Were you compared at all to Butkus at any point? The media, you know, obviously the media in Chicago. When I so I didn't know much about football in Chicago before I got there. I knew Walter Payton and the '85 Bears, but I didn't know much about football before that. Um, but when you, when I moved to middle linebacker, the media starts comparing, not comparing you, but bringing up the tradition, you know, Bill George, Dick Buckus, Mike Singletary. And I was young. I didn't, I was like, yeah, those guys are great, but I'm, I'm 22 years old. I don't know what, you know, what am I, what I'm going to be. Obviously now as it gone on, we're all in the hall of fame, but I, I always appreciated Buckus for, he always called it like he saw it and didn't pull any punches. You know, he was very, whenever I, when I was around, him, he was always so witty and a major smart ass. I love that. Like he just said what he was thinking all the time. Uh, I think my second or third year, I helped the guy up off the ground after I tackled him. Oh, oh, bad move by me. He, he was in the newspaper or the media next week saying that that's not okay. You know, you, you're not supposed to help a guy up after you tackle him. But in my mind, I was like, well, it's not like I'm not going to want to tackle him the next play. So I'll tackle him, help him up, hit him the next play, help him up. It didn't matter to me. You know, it wasn't a big deal, but Dick Buckus did not like that. I remember Jim Brown, whenever he'd get hit, he made it seem like you you crushed you him. No. Oh, the opposite. Like when he would get up, he'd get up, he'd be so slow getting up. Okay. And you'd think, oh, okay. Like, man, they mm-hmm. got him. And then they give him the ball. And yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's different, man. Those, those guys are different, obviously. But yeah, Dick Buckus. The world is definitely a softer place without Dick Buckus in it. <laughs> that, dude, <laughs> that dude was tough, man. He, uh, he couldn't get away with anything he got away with back in the day when he brightened in today's game. And your son's going to Notre Dame? He is, yeah. He committed to Notre Dame in, uh, in June. Going to go play for Marcus there in Notre Dame. I'm excited about that. He'll go. So he graduates high school in December. He's going to be an early enrollee and, and go in January. And what position? Plays free safety. So just like you? Back in high school. He's, yeah, back in high school. He's a little bit more athletic than I was, believe it or not. Um, yeah, but you he's returned fast. punch, didn't you? In high school. Yeah, but the, the, my level of high school is different than his level of high school. I played in New Mexico. He plays in a very good <clears throat> conference in Arizona. So they got big boy football there. I wasn't big boy, big boy football in high school. Would you <clears> – so the, you, you <throat> wouldn't have gotten NIL money coming out of high school. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten any you – know, how about that, by the way? Isn't that amazing how much these guys are getting? Is your son going to get NIL money? At Notre Dame, they do something for, the, for every player on the team. So, yes, they will do that. And then there's like a – I don't know how it works, but I guess you can earn more money. If you play good, I think you make a lot of money. Is that correct, basically? Uh, you well, have a chance to make – at certain schools, if you play well, you have a chance to make quite a bit of money. I know the quarterback for Notre Dame does pretty well, Sam. I know he does pretty well. Uh, one of their corners is a true freshman, made over half a million bucks, I think, doing NIL. So, yeah. What's he, Sam make? I heard it's over the uh, a million dollars. I heard. But how do you know? Is there like a sheet that says this is how much this guy makes? Well, I think you have to report it, though. Check your – go to the IRS. <laughs> That's how you know what they really make. Well, you got to check Sam <laughs> yeah. Hartman's tax check return. Check his tax returns, and we'll see how much he made in the NIL money. But he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah, a tough week last yeah, week. Yeah. Ah, there's sometimes I have on the road, Louisville, they're good, you know, top 25 now. He's 24. I know. It's awesome. Good-looking kid, too. I'm a big fan of Sam Hartman. He's yeah, but they – oh, you know, we've had it, we had him on after uh, Notre Dame played uh, Navy in Dublin. 
Well, that was a cool game. Yeah. You were there? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Will Ferrell went with us. Nice. Yeah. I like, he's funny. Hey, you're a movie star. Yeah, I am. Every Adam Sandler movie, I can expect to see you in it. Yeah, that's No true. doubt. Want me to get you in one? I'm good. I, I like to watch. I appreciate it. I'm a big movie buff watching guy, but I'm not a, I'm not a very good actor. Have you been on a TV show? I was on According to Jim back in the day, like 2001. Remember that, Jim so Belushi? Jim Belushi. Yeah. It was Entourage. I'm sure you were on Entourage multiple times, right? No. No? No. Oh, wow. It surprises me. Thought for sure you, one, you'd that, be on there. That one hurt a little bit. That you didn't make the appearance yeah. as yourself? But here's the thing. I don't like Plan Me. Oh. And I don't want to be on a show that I might screw up that I like. Gotcha. How could you screw up? Those keep redoing it. No, no, no. It right. It's just, you know, some some people shouldn't be on shows doing cameos. Gotcha. That's that's all. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Like The Simpsons. They, they're they writing me into yeah. an episode. <laughs> and I... I I'm just playing an announcer. Like Homer oh. does a rock skipping uh, contest, and I'm the announcer. Because it's your voice, because it's yeah, great, and that, I get it. That's all Very nice. That's all well, people yeah. know it's you because of your voice. Do you want to – we have a football field out there. Oh. Do you want to uh, hit Pauly again? Paul, do you want oh. some more? <laughs> I thought we were both retired. Uh, oh, you, I know you said you're retired. I haven't hit anybody since that day, so I, I'm, uh, I'm good if you're good. I just as don't a, want as you to know. blow well, As a no. <laughs> Well, you could you could give us maybe a technique or something. We could just do a let's just do a head slap. <laughs> Can we do that? That was a great technique, by the way. He was the head slap was good. I know. Don't you wish you could do that again? I do. I look probably hurt my hand, but it feels like it's a great move. Well, you could bandage your hand up like Deacon Jones did, and just or all the forearm pads, and obviously you wear gloves, but you could just knock the crap out of somebody. It'd be great. All right, let me give you uh, the yep. plug again. Uh, Brian joining us on behalf of Ludix, L-U-D-E-X, the fastest, most accurate sports and trading card scanner app. They took the idea from us, so you know it's a good <laughs> idea. Take a picture, identify, and get the card values instantly. Download for free. He's Brian Erlocker. Thank you for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me. Back Appreciate after it. this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. would have thought Sunday night was personal with the Cowboys and the 49ers, but apparently it's the T-shirt that was worn by George Kittle after the game. It had to do with uh, F. Dallas T-shirt. Here's Micah Parsons on his podcast. George Kittle had three touchdowns on us, and he posted this thing to IG. He said, F Dallas. I just feel like he's making it more, way more personal than it had to be. Kittle's my guy, but I'm going to say this. Laugh now, cry later. We got something for that. Just trust. If we see them again, just trust. And we're going to put it just like that. I ain't going to put too much on it. You're going to make it personal. We can make it personal. That's cool. Okay. Do you play differently when it's personal? Shouldn't it have been personal on Sunday night? Maybe they should have let him know that he had the shirt before the game. Now it's personal. All right. It's the Edge uh, Micah Parsons uh, podcast. We bring in Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst and former NFL quarterback. You can see him on NFL Live Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern. So now it's personal with the Cowboys Mm. and the 49ers after that? How do you explain that? It's it's a tough one to try to wrap your head around, you know, if it just as knowing the type of competitor that Micah Parsons is, at least from the outside, and the way that that game was played and looked, the way that the last three times those teams have played and, and looked. So um, I'm a huge fan of Micah's. I think that, you know, when, you know, when you have kind of your own platform, you've got to be responsible for the things that you say, and he's going to have to know that, People are going to dissect this opinion that he had. So I think Micah, when he's even after the game, Dan, he was like, they're not that much better than us. Micah, they should have hung 50 plus on you guys. You know, that we, we can sit here and say that the 49ers are absolutely in a class higher than the Dallas Cowboys. So, um, you know, hopefully the, the rest of his team kind of takes it personal if and when the next time these two meet. How do we not overreact to that outcome, whether it's, what the Cowboys lack or, you know, what the strengths are of the Niners? I don't think we have to overreact, Dan. I think we could talk about San Francisco and say this. They are absolutely who they have been for the past four or five years, but better. And I think the one reason is, and I said this on NFL Live, I think maybe yesterday or Friday or whatever, I really believe that Brock Purdy has unlocked a different level in Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has always been a phenomenal offensive mind. He's been one of the best in the NFL. 
But in many ways, like Kyle's offense, certainly in San Francisco, was very horizontal. And it was awesome. And Jimmy G was awesome in it. Not awesome. Jimmy G was really good in it. Brock Purdy's kind of ability to still stretch the ball downfield accurately and at the right times has allowed Kyle to stretch it out horizontally and vertically at the same time. And that really wasn't the case that often. You know, if you go back in the third quarter, and and this is why San Francisco in my eyes is different, and this is why it's a different Kyle. It's third and three. They're up 21-10 with like eight minutes. It's third and three, and he throws the shake route or corner route to Brandon Ayuk. It's perfect versus man coverage. Holding. Brings him back. It goes to third and 13 to third and 14. Now, usually, Kyle would throw some form of like a screen there, a perimeter screen, and they'll go get it. Yesterday, on Sunday night, he throws another drop back, big in route to Debo Samuel, and Purdy lost it over the backers perfectly in stride. That that I see that as a different offense because of Brock Purdy. So we could say that about San Francisco. In regards to Dallas, um, Dallas is a really good football team. It's it, we can't say that they're not really good, but we it it is also accurate for us to say that we thought that they would be a upgrade this year than they were last year. And after Sunday night, we can't say that. We can't say that they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender when they just got the floor wiped by San Francisco and the way that their offense looked and the way that their stagnant play calling was and the way that Dak played and the minimization of their defense. We can't say that. So I don't think it's an overreaction, no. If um, I find it interesting, the swing of emotions or opinions on Brock Purdy, that it was, well, he's surrounded by all this talent to now he's the next Joe Montana or Tom Brady with uh, you know s- similar skill set. You know, Rex Ryan talked about that on Get Up, where he's like, oh, my God, I, you know, I see Tom Brady or uh, Charlie Weiss. Oh, I, I, I see Joe Montana here. Um, he's, not, he's not Tom Brady from the physical attributes. I mean, he would be more like Montana. You know, slight right. of build, has a little bit more athleticism, not necessarily a great arm, but... How did everybody miss on them? Every team passed on him seven times. If he yeah. has all of these innate abilities, you know, but we missed it. I mean, yeah. why? How? San Francisco missed on him for six rounds, too. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's funny, Dan. So I called his game against Notre Dame. I, I, it was his bowl game, and I think it might have been his sophomore or junior year. I, I don't exactly remember the year. And you, th- you saw he was like a really good college quarterback. Um, but you – you didn't walk away going, whew, that dude's going to be awesome in the NFL. And Anthony Beck actually texted me during the draft process of last year. Anthony Beck, longtime NFL tight end. And he said, tell me what everyone's missing or how everyone's missing on Brock Purdy. Like, what, what, are, they, what are they not seeing? And I would just responded back, like, I think he's a really good college football player. I don't know, you know, if, if I see awesome NFL player. Um, why did everyone miss? I think one, the most important traits that a quarterback can have for high level, consistent success he has, and they're the ones you can't measure. What do you do in moments of panic with the football? How quickly do you understand the information and then apply the information on a play by play by play by play by play basis? What decision do you make at the, at what moment, you know, and, and, um, 
you know, how do you kind of see the whole field without not being obsessed with seeing just a certain aspect or person or defense? I, I Listen, Dan, there's no quarterback in the NFL that plays at a really high level without really good players and coaching around them. We just don't see that. And it's no, there's no quarterback in the NFL that has bad players or coaches around them that plays at a high level, maybe other than like Lamar for stretches. So it always takes this. Um, Brock Purdy is a really good player that is playing at an incredibly high level. I, I think it's re- not ridiculous. I think it's unfair for us to put him in a Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Lamar conversation. But he absolutely has earned the right to be in that top 10 borderline conversation. Um, and he's, he's, playing, he's playing exactly how Kyle needs him to play. Dan Orlovsky of the Mothership. You can see him NFL Live Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern. You can also see him on First Take and Get Up and some of the other uh, properties there at the Mothership. The Justin Jefferson injury. What's the fallout going to be? The Vikings have one focus right now. Easy for me to say. I'm not in the locker room. How do we keep Justin Jefferson? That That's, I think, their number one thing. They're not a playoff football. I didn't think they were a playoff football team with Justin. I don't think they're obviously going to be one without Justin. And so now, because of the injury, because of the, the way the team's playing, and obviously because of where Kirk sits contract-wise, there's a lot of question marks. And I think organizationally, they have to have the very hard question of, like, how do we keep Justin Jefferson? What's the what's the way? And I think the easy thing is like, well, money. Everyone's going to pay, want to pay Justin Jefferson. It, it's not going to be just the money thing. Justin, I would imagine, wants to play with a really good quarterback at a very high level who he thinks is going to be there for a long-term period of time. Whether he determines that Kirk Cousins or not, I don't know. Devontae Adams sounded a little frustrated last night. He had one target first half. He had four targets the entire game. And after the game, and then I heard some of his comments, and I'm thinking, if I'm the Raiders, do I at least explore trading him, maybe reuniting him with Derek Carr? Like, where where are the Raiders going? I don't think Jimmy G's the quarterback next year or Josh McDaniels is the coach with the Raiders. So, like, where are you going with that team, that roster, and a guy who is 30 years of age, used to being, you know, singled out, getting a lot of targets, and now you get one in the first half? Yeah, and it's weird because I just watched Cincinnati without T. Higgins throw the ball 19 times to Jamar Chase on Sunday. You know, so that's why overall, Dan, I I never like when people are like, well, you know, it's hard to get your guy to ball when they're double-teaming him. I've – I've thrown the ball to Calvin Johnson 15 times in a game when he was getting double teamed. So uh, you throw the ball to those guys, you know. Um, you know, that's I think on the treetop you go absolutely because I don't think that the Raiders are a real player right now. But it's easy to say that when you're not Josh, you're not Dave Ziegler, their general manager. And so if those guys have security, then it's probably a worthy conversation because then maybe you. Provide yourself assets to go get a quarterback in the next draft. We know that they tried to go get C.J. Stroud this past year. But if those guys are still in limbo, I don't think you can move them because he's by far your best offensive player. Yeah. How does Caleb Williams not become the next? The next what? Superstar? Yeah. 
Um, I think that there's probably one gripe I have about Caleb's game. I think Caleb is unbelievable, and he's at worst going to be the number two pick in the NFL draft at worst. He does not play a ton in structure. He does not play a ton on time. Now, part of that is his style. Part of that is because he's the best player on the field usually every game. Part of that is because he creates a ton of big plays, and it's a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in him, right? There, there is a little bit of that, that, that mindset. Um, we have seen those guys that are outrageously talented have to do that in the NFL for periods of time. We've seen it with Patrick Mahomes. We've seen it with Josh Allen. We've seen it with Lamar. Can Caleb get there? I would imagine so. He's incredibly talented. I just haven't seen it at the the college level, probably because it hasn't been asked and or demanded of him. But that would be the only reason why, other than like injury or something, God forbid. But he's a superstar. Him and Drake May, it's going to be a fascinating debate who's going to go one. Oh, so you think there's still – once the scouts get a hold of these guys, the teams get a hold of these guys, that you think there's a chance Drake May could be the first quarterback off the board? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Drake May fan. Um, okay, think- I'm going to give you the number one pick. I'm gonna, you're the Bears. You got the number one pick. Right now? Right now. Man. Um, I think right now I still take Caleb Williams. That's without studying, you know, these guys okay. in and out over into the spring. Right now I take Caleb. I've called a couple of Drake May games. Uh, he, I, I will not be alone in thinking he is going to be in conversation for the number one pick. I promise you that. He's he's got a lot of Big Ben in his game. A big Ben. Yeah, big time. Okay. And then, Big, athletic, powerful dude, still sloppy mechanically a little bit, um, but great vision, great feel, uh, throws a beautiful different lever, different leveled or layered football. He, he's awesome. Sounds like you're in love. I think he's a superstar in the NFL. I do. Okay. Uh, the wall behind you. I've got you with uh, all your uniforms. Is that uh, all, the, all the stops in your career? Who painted yeah, that? Yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's also when I yell at my kids the same face I make in oh. the culture. Um, <laughs> you remember, um, do you remember the name Chris Myers? He was the longtime great center for the Texans, pro bowler for a bunch of years. Um, him and I, teammates, and he had actually that painted for me. So uh, it's kind of the only thing I have in my house of my playing days. So. so if I walked in, it'd take me a while to realize you played in the NFL. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I try, I fight with my wife all the time because my wife wants to put all stuff up and all that. And I am uh, like very against it because we have four kids, three of them are boys. I don't want my boys to feel like this overwhelming pressure that dad did this. So you have to go do that type of thing. So, um, yeah. Well, it's kind of weird though. You have that painting in your bedroom. Oh, this is my office. Oh, it's this your is- office. Oh, I thought it was in your bedroom. My bad. Oh, this isn't just a shrine to me in my bedroom, no. It's a lot of footballs back there. There's helmets back there. Yeah. Well, that was – my wife did that. That was the one thing I let her do because um, during COVID, we were working from home so much. So, you know, the the background with the camera shot was there. And so she was like, I want to do stuff. So footballs, helmets, I can show you. Look, we got <clears> – <throat> That's signed by Calvin. I probably made his career. <laughs> uh, Calvin Johnson signed a football to you. I just um, 
my agents at CAA just sent me, I, uh, someone on Twitter was like, made a, like a highlight cut of mine. And they were like, look at this guy. So I just put it on Twitter and I wrote, could have been a Hall of Fame career. Um, also, is Calvin in the Hall of Fame without this three-minute oh, stretch? Okay. Uh, Kobe Bryant book, Pine Valley, uh, my wife's marathon medals. So, yeah. Bobblehead, Dan. You go, Dan, Bobblehead. Wow, look at that. Yeah, man. Yep. And and there's no more stepping out of the end zone jokes anymore, right? You're off the. Uh, I don't think I don't think those are going away. I no. Those are going away. <laughs> you your celebration though on social media was awesome. You're off the hook. Not the only guy who stepped through the uh, through the end zone. It's twice in two years. Jimmy Garoppolo, who's made like a hundred million dollars, <laughs> and Gardner Minshew, who's like the best backup quarterback maybe like in the last ten years of football or something outside of Nick Foles. So. Uh, I'm in good company. I would go to that party. If it's you, Jimmy G, and Gardner Minshew, and you're having a party of quarterbacks who have stepped out of the end zone while uh, attempting a pass, I'd go to that social. I'd have to be the least fascinating of the three, though. <laughs> Just if, you, if we think about some of the things that Jimmy certainly has been attached to off the field, and then Minshew <laughs> is, is, a, is a walking uh, documentary, I guess. So uh, I, I would be the least fascinating of the three. Great to talk to you again, Dan. Thank you. We appreciate your time. Thanks, bud. That's Dan Orlovsky, uh, NFL Live Monday through Friday at 4 Eastern and uh, former NFL quarterback. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions. Limitless answers.